Episode 7 Our Identity as Creator Good day to you and welcome to the Giant Slayers podcast. I'm your host Renee and today I get to share something really cool. Uh, I was asked to host a Bible study of my friends and just share some of what God's been teaching me during this exquisite time and some of this stuff is just been really setting me free as I come to understand my identity as a creator Um, because as God is so are we and so to get to know God more and to get to to know his heart more I've grown in who I am and um, have just been learning how powerful I am so it's been so nice to share some of this with others and I hope that it blesses you as well. And if you have any questions or you want me to expand on anything after you've listened to it, uh, feel free to get a hold of me. I'm on Instagram and Facebook under the Giant Slayer podcast. And if you'd like to get in touch with my friend Gracie, she's really awesome. And um, you can join in on these Bible studies uh, whenever you'd like. And so I will make sure that you have her information as well. So yeah, enjoy. Okay, so I'm going to start off in the Garden of Eden, because we like to start at the beginning. So um, a lot of times that story is taught from a perspective of sin. I'm going to come in from a little bit of a different um, spin on that. Um, I actually think it was more about death. Um, So we oftentimes like to focus in on the action of them taking the fruit um, but it started before that. Um, so in this scene, we know that the snake comes to Eve. Um, so I look at the snake as doubt and unbelief. Did God really say, who are you and who is God? And so, um, she, as we know, doubted her identity and God's. And then Adam was there alongside that. Um, And then. Done messed up. They done messed up. (laughs) Which which we like to think, yes. Um, So then um, right before that all happens, though, God, they make a point in, in the scriptures to say that they were naked and not ashamed. So right after, as we know, they cover up and they're like, ah, so. God comes to them and he says, where are you? And they're like, oh, well, you know, we're naked. We're scared. You know, and what does he say? He says, who told you you were naked? And I think that's really fascinating because they take from the tree of good and evil. So what do they automatically think after eating it? I'm wrong. And he says, essentially, who told you you were wrong? So fast forward uh because he so what i'm trying to get at here is god comes in kind of neutral because they're like oh my goodness i'm wrong i did wrong right because that's exactly what we do with identity and with shame shame is i am wrong so he's like well who told you that who told you you were naked so then what can i say something real quick yeah it just that reminds me of like i have little kids that live right next door and like they're always like jumping around naked on the trampoline and like 
you know, I'm not trying to be a creeper watching them, but like, it's cute, you know, like they're yeah. just little kids and like, they don't know that it's bad to be naked. Right. They're Nobody just, like, told them. Yeah, exactly. Like kids don't learn that until like parents are like, Hey, put your clothes on. That's private. And they're like, you know, no one, you know, like they don't learn that that's shameful until like they're told that, you know, yes. that's what I was thinking of when you're saying that. Yeah. So, and then we go forward a little bit and we get uh, Cain and Abel. We all know that didn't end well. And then all of a sudden it's like all of hell breaks loose. There's this constant warring. There's this constant two sides. And what we see is uh, polarity. There's Cain's side and there's Seth's side of battling back and forth, battling back and forth. And we're just like, what just happened? So in that, um, where I'm going with this is one day the Holy Spirit came to me and she was like, duality is a lie. And I was like, okay, what? <laughs> so I go on a hunt and I'm like, okay, what does this even mean? And um, this was brought to me last summer when of course we know that duality was at an all time high. It's still at an all time high. And I'm pretty sure it's only gonna get a little bit more spicier as this year carries on. So Holy Spirit's just like, duality is a lie. And I'm like, what? So as I looked that up and what the meaning was, um, I was like, wow, okay, so what does that mean? Because our world is very black and white. It is very good and evil. It is very um, mask, no mask. It's very um, black people, white uh, people, right? And so for anybody, know, so that's kind of what duality is, right? It's two sides. Um, so we can look at it as good and bad, which is the tree. And when you can see it, you'll see it so clearly and it can actually change your life. It's changed my life. Um, so I was like, okay, well, if duality is a lie, like expand on this because uh, we know about the tree, we've been taught about the tree, but like, what are you trying to tell me? And so as we know, Jesus um, comes forward and he completes a whole lot of stories from the Old Testament, which the more you can see that, the more awesome the Bible gets, really. I think it's just amazing. So um, I'm going to go back to there's a story. I can't remember who it was, but there was like where a war was going on and an angel shows up and the guy says to the angel, uh, are you for us or against us? And the angel's like, neither. I come in the name of the Lord. Neutral. <laughs> so you can see that duality where they're like fighting and trying to prove a point sort of thing, right? We, we see it every day. And the angel's like, yeah, I'm just here for God. You guys just do your thing, right? But anyways, so you bring that forward into uh, the New Testament with Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit shows me where it's like uh, Calvary. This plays out again. Had to wet my whistle. <laughs> um, so at Calvary, what is Calvary? It was Golgotha, which means the skull. And I looked into Golgotha and this is amazing. This was just like, shut up. Cause the Holy Spirit showing me the Bible as a form of consciousness. So Golgotha means the skull. And they actually think that Golgotha was a garbage dump. It's the perfect picture of stinking thinking. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well that's pretty cool. Uh, but I still don't really know what you're trying to say. So then from there, he goes up, or the Holy Spirit goes up 
and shows me the crosses and says, what do you see? And I'm like, well, there was the one thief that was kind of mean to Jesus and the other one that was like, hey, uh, don't forget about me. And Jesus was like, absolutely. Today you'll be with me in paradise. And I was like, oh my goodness. It was the duality. It was the two bloodlines. And it was like, okay. And it was like, yeah, so where's Jesus? I'm like in the middle, in neutral, <laughs> which I thought was awesome. So then it was like, okay, what else do you see? And I was like, uh, like, what was the cross? And I'm like, it was the tree. He was crucified on that tree of duality. And what was nailed there with him? The, um, the paperwork that said debt paid in full. And then when he passes, he says, it is finished. So I was like, okay, wow, that's a lot. So then we go from there and it's like, what happens? He goes down into hell and he defeats hell, takes the keys. And then he rises again into life and life more abundantly, because as we know, he's an eternal being. So I was like, okay, well, that's pretty cool. Well, what does that mean? And, it, and, he, and then the Holy Spirit said, duality is a lie. It's all been done. It's finished. It was paid. And so I was like, okay, so what does that mean for us? And now we can see how really looking out on the world, how this tree is still causing death today because we keep eating from it. And we realize that it's, it's done. It's dealt with. We don't have to. So we're so sin conscious. We're so busy proving a point. We're so busy using the Bible still as the law when it's supposed to be bringing life. So we're constantly checking our behaviors. We're constantly checking everything. And it's just like, but you can actually live and have life more abundantly by letting it go because it's done. It's dealt with. So I was like, okay, well, that's a lot. <laughs> and so now the Holy Spirit's been showing me through my life how to let that go. And um, so, and I just want to, I want to read this note here because I thought this was really good. So pick up your cross and follow me. What was the cross symbolizing? So as we know, it was the tree of good and evil. Um, so Jesus took that to the grave, defeated death, hell, and the grave, which is what that tree represented, and rose into the promise of life abundantly. So when we don't rise, because a lot of the times I don't think we got the good news, so when we don't rise into the promise, what happens? We're zombies. We're literally the living dead because Jesus came to give us life. Or the good news. Yes. Right. So this is the good news is we don't always have to be checking over our shoulder all the time because God made it very clear he doesn't look at the outward appearance. He's not looking at what you're doing. He's not looking at that. He's looking at your heart. And so when you look back over the Bible, you'll see all these common threads. And a lot of it had to do with relationship with God. Because what's the Garden of Eden? It's the Garden of Pleasure. Well, what's, what is that? It's God's heart. So 
when we're living a life outside of um, pleasure, we're outside of God's heart. So if you look at Enoch, if you break that down, there's a, there's a verse in there where uh, it's saying something about, I think it was like Enoch was 65. In he Hebrew, if you break that down, the 65 is actually symbolic of God's heart. And so what happened with Enoch is he goes and God takes him. God can't resist him because he got it. He got that he was to dwell in God's heart. And they had this, this relationship that was so passionate that God took him, couldn't resist him. So when you find that out, it's like, wow, that's amazing. So this is some of what I've been showing that I just thought was really cool. Um, and so there was something else that I wanted to read here that there is not two powers. So we tend to think that there is um, 65. So in the Hebrew language, what that means is God's heart. Because all their letters, all their numbers, all that have levels of um, information. So if you actually look up stuff in the Hebrew and translate, you are absolutely amazed. Like they've watered down our Bibles so much that it's chalk water, it's not even milk. So I've been digging more into that and it's completely changed my life. Um, so, so yeah, we tend to think in life right now that there's two powers. There's good and evil, right? Okay, so say you're going to go into a, um, um, a job interview. What do we tend to do? Oh, I hope it goes well. Oh, what if it doesn't go well? Like, right? There's an option. We say that there's two powers in that. It could go well or it could go bad. There's only one power. It's God. It's life more abundantly. Because Jesus defeated the tree. Duality is a lie. Um, so it can only be a God turnout. That's it. That's the only option. And that's where faith comes in. Um, so there's the Bible verse about how the road is narrow and few find it. I've heard all kinds of wacky teachings on that. But if we were to look at this from a consciousness perspective, this is really interesting. So with neuroplasticity, they say that if you think something over and over and over and over and over and over again, what happens in your mind is you end up with a highway. And then that thought is prominent in your mind. So for you to switch that belief, it's really hard. It feels impossible almost because over here, you've got like this tiny dirt road. Actually, it's more like a goat trail. So you're trying to like think this new thought and it's like, but this highway over here is so loud and obnoxious that you're just like, oh, like I want to try, like how many times have we said we want to change something? It's so hard, so hard, so hard. It's because we've got that highway going. Okay, so the road is narrow, if you find it. That's what I believe that verse is saying. Um, so as you think a thought more and more and more, I think Patrick's trying to get in, Grace. You're on mute. Yeah, I pushed admit, but it just says joining. Like, I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah, so as you start to think a thought more and more and more, what happens? that goat trail starts to become a highway. And then that other one actually will disappear. 
um, and that's how you change your thoughts. Um, so if you look at the Bible, it's very clear. Watch what you're saying because your words are powerful. All God's promises are yes and amen. So in other words, if you say something negative, God says yes and amen because your words, he's given you the power with your words. Um, if you keep doing a cycle and you keep getting the same results, it's because God said, if that's what you believe, yes and amen. So we literally create our own lives. And this is where I think our um, identities as creator is really important to understand that we can actually create better lives if we change and work with our consciousness. And so this has been something very fascinating. And it's literally like, I, I think I might've mentioned, like it's, it's changing my life um, knowing that we're not victims. It's, we've just really been mistaught and misled. So you're saying if we change our beliefs, it'll change our lives. Yes. <laughs> we are powerful creators as God is, so are we. So you're saying we have the power to create different realities by base on what we believe. Okay, um, and then what are other important ones? We hear like a lot of scriptures on your thoughts. As you think, so are you. So if you think crappy thoughts, your life's a crappy life. It's that simple. Because there's only life. So if you get up every day and say, my life is only going to be just so abundant and you start training that your life has to follow suit and this is where god really started to open this up to me to understand this that i think is absolutely fascinating um and so the holy spirit brought to me mirrors and i was like okay <laughs> great and it was like you are made in my image so we know that but it's like what does that really mean so there's a verse about keeping your eyes on things above. Why is that? It's because the more we keep our eyes on him, the more we will reflect God to others. The more that we face the world and reflect that, what do we generally start to mirror? The good and evil tree, because that's what's out there. So drew this little thing. I don't know if you can see it. It's overexposed. Can you see it now? I see God in the center and then I'm assuming FIF is friends and faith. Yeah. And that's okay. on the outside. And then so what's, the third idea? what's the third circle? I'll get there. Okay. So God's in the middle because all things revolve around him because he is awesome. He is excellent. Nobody compares. So he gets the middle. Okay, so he mirrors out to us, friends and faith. Okay, so this circle represents us. It represents our friends and family. And then the outer circles is just society. Okay, so what else you'll also see here that I found out the other day is the verse. So because Jesus completed the law, he left us with one. And it was love God, yourself, and others. What is the common denominator there? you if you don't love yourself you can't love god or others if you don't love god you won't love yourself or others if you love if you don't love others you're not loving yourself or other and god it's amazing okay so that all goes back to here 
Um, okay, so in this circle of us, what's really cool is absolutely everybody in your life will mirror back you. Why? Because you are made in the image of God. And so you are all in all. God is all in all. So when God speaks, it has to mirror back to him, whatever he spoke. It has to, because he's God. Okay, well, if we're all in all as well, whatever we speak has to respond. Okay, so all of our friends and family, and, and I, I urge you to test this in your own life because uh, Stephanie Colby and I have been doing this and we have been able to grow so vastly. We're literally growing by the minute. I can go have a conversation with them, come home, take notes and literally change right there. And all I'm doing is as they're talking to me, I'm paying attention to things that they're saying and I'm paying attention especially to things that trigger me. So for example, um, trying to think of one I can share because it's, so for example, one recently is uh, Stephanie kept talking about having kids. I fight with this all the time as a woman. I don't want kids, but society says, well, you're a woman, you have a womb, you should be pushing them out. And I'm like, but don't really want them. Well, then you're less of a woman, right? And all these shame factors that go with women. So she kept bringing this topic up and, and I was just like, like, can we change the subject? <laughs> um, but then I realized, I'm like, oh my goodness, this poor girl, like she keeps talking about it because I'm not at peace with it. It was a mirror of me. So I sat down with that. <clears throat> I sat down with that and I thought, well, what's going on here, really? And I realized that I have this split energy inside of me where I keep fighting against my feminine. Like I'm less of a woman, which what does that do? It wrecks my identity. It hurts my identity because I'm not at peace. I'm looking at myself from that duality mindset of good or bad. So because I'm told that because you're a woman, you have to push out kids, but I don't want kids. I look at that part of me as bad. There's something wrong with me. So I realized in that conversation that it was like, no, I just have to love that part of me. I have to be like God is and be neutral where it's like, it doesn't matter if I have kids or not. It doesn't matter. Either way, God still says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. There's no duality within me. It's a lie. So what is life? It's loving that part of me and standing in it. And if anybody tries to shame me, be like, hmm. That's not my truth because it's not. So I thought that was really cool. So if you do that with your friends and family this week and pay attention to conversations, come home, write notes about it, and then overlay it on yourself, you will be so surprised and you will heal and shift in your identity quicker than anything. And you can always tell if you're wrestling with yourself because you're not at peace with yourself and you will find that duality there where it's like good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. There's nothing, it's Jesus did it. There's only life. So it's like, how can I love myself in this moment so that I can be one? Because what is sin really? We, lo we love to have that conversation, but what is it really? Is It is anything that separates you from God. So if you are separated in your identity, you are separated from God. That's it. 
Repenting, what is repenting? Repenting is turning back to the truth. Well, what's, what's our truth? God is our truth and all things God. So, um, so that's cool. And then it gets really hairy because then in this circle, what's happening? We start to see the mirror of all of us on the big scale, on the global scale. Okay, now if you pay attention to the global scale right now, holy smokes, we're messed up. <laughs> That's our hearts on display. God's like, you can't even deny it. Here you go, big fat mirror. This is what you believe in your hearts. So- Wait a minute, are you saying that if we observe people who like to murder and rape, that's what's reflecting in our hearts that we want to murder and rape? Yes. No. Now hang on. What it means is that we have, okay, so if I go with murder, let's say, okay, if I go with that, I know I'm capable of it. You eat my last Cheeto and I really want that Cheeto, <laughs> I know I'm capable. <laughs> so what do I do with that? I love it anyways, just like God would. It doesn't mean because anyway. I know that people, so I know that people struggle with this, but it's, I love myself regardless. God didn't hate Cain after what he did. In fact, if anything, God to told him, please, please check your heart. Okay. So all the global scale is doing is it's God's word on speaker, loudspeaker, let's say, check your heart and come to peace with, with it because he holds no judgment. He didn't come here to condemn. So why are we doing it? Why are we doing it to ourselves? Why are we doing it to others? I'm, I'm confused about something and, and correct me if I'm totally off base and then get me back on track or if I understood it correctly. Yeah. You're saying that when um, we observe other people in the world, in our society, that they are a reflection of us and um, we are a reflection of them. Yes. And so whatever it is that's going on in our world, in other people, those are actually the desires of our own hearts. Did I understand yeah. that? Correctly? Yeah. So, okay. So let's go with rape. Cause I like that you hit off the, the top two that we really have a hard time with. So let's go with rape. Okay. So um, you guys, most of you, I think know my past. Um, there was a lot of that involved. So I can, I that. okay. So there was, so um, I can look out at the world now with all the child trafficking and I fully understand it. Not that I was trafficked per se, but kidnapping is close enough. So in that, there's still a part of me that feels shame. Did I do something? No. But in that aspect, I was told there's something wrong with you. This keeps happening to you. There's something wrong with you. Okay. So when I look out on the world's platform, I can see it very clearly because there's still something inside of me that has the duality going. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm not following it's a, it. It's a big concept. Okay, so let me think of something. Well, let me, there's a, I can understand um, your part where um, 
I, I totally get it. When a child is abused, whether it's physically, emotionally, sexually, uh, some sort of neglect or whatever, I, I'm, I'm very full aware that very rarely, even a spouse perhaps who's being abused, they very rarely tell others because they're so ashamed that someone would think so little of them that they would do that. And, and the younger you are, the more you think I must deserve that or they wouldn't be doing it to me. And I get all that. I, I totally get that. But this is that's totally different than if I observe in the world around me that there are people who are raping others or using a child as a gang rape and then a human sacrifice and they eat the, his body as a Satan satanic ritual that if I observe that, that they are a reflection of my own inner desires to rape that child and to torture it and to eat its body as a human sacrifice. But I don't see that because I think- No, 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 okay, so- I mean, I, I know there's more, a lot of- It's more, theories, it's more, it's not, it's not so much that, it's more, uh, if I was to go with, Okay, when you think of that act that you just spelled out, okay, when you think of that act, do you see it as good or bad? Bad. Okay, there's no duality. So we have to come to it in our hearts to love because that's what God's doing. Because, and how you do that a lot of times is that, like for me, what I've been doing is I love, uh, I come back in and I say, there's no duality, it's only love. And then that's how I shift. Because if you think about the people that are doing these things, why? Because they don't know who they are. They don't know who God is, right? They, they don't, they've forgotten their identity. Where is all of our problems stemmed from? Not knowing our identity. So I can have love and compassion for them just like Jesus does. That's why Jesus sat with the ugliest people at the table. That's why the Pharisees were like, I don't get it. Why are you sitting with these people? Is because he understood love. Well, what's that going to do with it being a reflection of me, my thoughts and my desires? It's, it's, it's your heart posture on whether you're seeing it from love and life, which is the only option, or if you're seeing it from good and bad, which is the tree. Because well, what heals you all? Asked me, was it good or bad? You didn't ask me if I had any love for the people or love for the child. You were just saying that if I observe. No, what's but going I'm showing. But people, I'm showing that, that duality. Pardon? I'm showing that duality. Duality. If if you if you're following me, I'm saying duality is a lie. Jesus nailed it to the tree. He said, "Your debts are paid. It is done. It is finished." He went into death, hell, and the grave. He took those keys and he gave them to us, and he said you have life. I guess but you need what to explain was, what duality is because somehow I'm missing how that it's, explains. It's, how it's the tree. It's good, evil, bad, good, uh, black, white. You can see it. We're very much conditioned that way. Oh, you're just talking about um, like polarization. Okay. Right. All right okay. So how does that explain that if I see people doing like sacrificing children, that's a reflection of my own inner desires? No, it is a reflection of duality because if you're saying it's bad or good you're choosing that tree 
There's only one tree. Jesus conquered it. There's only one tree and that's life. That's love. That's why his last command was love yourself, love God, love others. There's no more tree. Well, there, there are, there are absolutes in some things, not in everything, but he gave us the 10 commandments because we absolutely should not murder people or we absolutely <laughs> should not profane God. And we should not bow down to idols. And we, he completed um, the law. Pardon? Jesus completed the law. Yeah. It is that doesn't finished. mean we're supposed to break them. But do you understand the Garden of Eden? If we are to go back to the Garden of Eden, choosing love and life and that relationship with God, we know wholeheartedly who God is and who we are. You're not going to go do those things because you well, understand yeah. that you are love and life. Well, yeah, that's but, true. It's a transforming of your mind. It changes your heart. Yes. But, but there are there are black and white issues like you should not murder people. You shouldn't rape children. That's that. But if you know who you are and you know who God is, you don't. The more in love with God I get, the less I think about anything, doing anything stupid, because I know it's not his heart for me. So therefore, it's not my heart for me. He is, I am reflecting him and he is reflecting me. Okay, so another really cool with this mirror thing, since I've already like um, rattled you guys up, I'll do it some more. Um, so another thing that the Holy Spirit showed me was on earth as it is in heaven. So what is earth? Earth is a mirror reflection of heaven. Everything that's on earth is in heaven, but it's backwards because mirrors are backwards. So if you take anything and flip it, you will actually find the truth. And I've been playing with this a lot this week too. And it's amazing. Um, some of the things that I've been finding out completely backwards. Um, and then the other thing is, is when, uh, um, confrontation. None of us like it, but Holy Spirit showed me something really cool because I'm like, I wanna get past this. I wanna just be able to speak to people and speak what I believe my truth is without worrying about confrontation. And so the Holy Spirit showed me um, the mirror aspect of that as well. So if Gracie and I get into a fight, um, <laughs> so if we get into a fight and I voice something that Gracie knows isn't in line with God's heart and with her heart, and she doesn't say anything, and she stuffs it down because she doesn't want to hurt my feelings. She doesn't want to trigger me. We've all been there, right? But then you walk away and you don't feel very good. Why? Because if you're her mirror, you're actually doing two things. One, you're not standing in your truth because whatever it was that came out of your spirit was your truth. And the other thing is, is you're not actually reflecting back to her what she needed reflected back to her. So you're actually cheating her out of possibly having an awakening. So um, this is what I wanted to share with you guys. And uh, I'm sure I've forgotten a lot, but if you guys have questions, how about her? I was gonna say that I think it's interesting um, that like we were never supposed to eat from the tree of, not, of the, the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil uh, and the evil. The tree of, wow, I can't talk. <laughs> The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Whew, okay. We were never supposed to eat from that, right? Because, because we couldn't of, handle it. 
right because that leads to feelings of shame right um knowing okay like that's why god said don't eat from it right like i was talking about how like the little kids on the trampoline that jump around naked they don't know it's bad to be naked until someone tells them hey you can't like be showing your private parts around that then putting shame on them like, you have to cover up people can't see that right like if you were if children were just raised you know in a nudist colony they wouldn't know any different right yeah so like it's interesting to me that like um we're not supposed to carry shame with us you know um because that's where our identity breaks like when we start yeah. identifying ourselves with you know what we've done wrong you know the evil in us yes. or shame whatever when jesus died to eliminate that he died yeah. to restore us back to the to the garden before the fall yeah before he came we, to restore the church before we before we ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so before we like knew shame so like we're not supposed to we're not supposed to live in shame um that's when, and when we do live in shame that's evidence that we don't actually know like our identity yeah and so like um so from a society mirror that uh god showed me that this will probably rattle some more stuff but uh, why not? Um, so another one that I was showing was, I've, I've said this whole entire time, what is it? What is the weird fascination with the masks? What is it? What is it? What is it? And finally, the Holy Spirit came to me one day and said, uh, brought up the Garden of Eden and showed where they cover themselves with fig leaves. And I was like, okay. And it was like, what do you wear? What do human beings wear all the time? instead of coming in with their authentic self. And I said, masks. And he said, well, now it's in physical form and you cannot deny it any longer. He says, you start coming out more authentic. He says, watch it fade. And I was like, wow, it's amazing. Cause it's that whole garden of Eden covering ourselves with fig leaves. Why do we do that? Because we think that there's something wrong with us. Well, why do we wear masks anyways? Because of fear, right? Fear of COVID and it's fear. Yeah. Adam, where are you? Well, I hid because I'm scared. It's a fig, it's a fig leaf for your mouth. <laughs> but yeah. like we, we put on masks or like not literal masks, but like metaphorical masks of like, oh, I'm doing fine when you're not actually doing fine because of the fear of rejection and rejection would make you feel shame, yeah. which we weren't supposed to live in. We weren't supposed to ever know that feeling. We weren't designed- yes to have shame yeah we're only think, the knowledge or the tree of life we were only supposed to eat from that tree not from yeah, yeah and i think that gets missed in a lot of teachings is right before that all goes down it says they were naked and not ashamed and right after it's like they're shamed so it's like yeah it's it was all heart posture she doubted who she was she doubted who god was and we do it all the time all the time and that's why we're in the holes that some of us are in right and so like if you think about jesus even um when he looks out at the world all jesus sees is love he doesn't see black or white he doesn't see good or bad he doesn't see any of that he didn't come to condemn the world it was just love and so when you know how much you're loved and you understand that you are loved even that if you can walk out your whole life from the identity of i am loved your whole life shifts. That's why I'm so shiny all the time. That's why I'm always smiling. And like, cause I, I'm starting to get like, I am love. So if I'm acting out of anything other than that, 
I know I'm not in line with God's heart. And that sometimes means loving things that aren't easy to love. Everybody's very quiet. I haven't been quiet. Well, I knew you wouldn't. I'm playing video games. I'm listening, though. Nice I job. Just, I stopped. I'm sorry, everyone. Did you bring the snacks? Did I bring snacks? Yeah. <sighs> yes, that's better. I ate a potato. Does that count? Mm, that's kind of sad. It's like sad panda snacks. <laughs> um, for Patrick and Jorge, who kind of joined in late, um, we were just having Renee share today um, just some of the stuff that like God's been t telling her about. I want to have more like people feel free to like, you know, like if they feel like God's really talking to them about something or if like they read a chapter they really want to share or like, so it doesn't always have to be like, always hearing from me all the time you know because like I have one thing to offer but all of you guys have different stuff to offer as well um, and God speaks to all of us so Renee's been talking about identity um, and how one of our aspects of our identity is as creator because God made us to be creators like him um, we are made in his image um, you know we actually can create humans so and and our reality is so like if you um so you look at the Garden of Eden, okay? If you're living from a place of bliss, love, and life, um, if you start doubting something, like, did God really say this about me? Am I really fearfully and wonderfully made? Am I really blameless, holy, and righteous before him? Am I, am I, am I? What happens is eventually that thought process becomes an action. And generally, those actions are like, whoops, <laughs> right? Because we know it's not in line with God's heart. But if you can always align with God's heart of pleasure, life, and love, and know that you are that, we are that, we are the Garden of Eden, we are the land of milk and honey, we are all those things, because Jesus is all those things, and as he is, so are we. And so if we can live from that place and really get that part of our identity, your life turns really into just amazing, amazing things. And so... If you're thinking about money, let's say, um, and you're like, well, last time this happened, so it's going to happen again, you just created that. And God says yes and amen. Or you can say this time is going to be different. I know it's going to work out great every, because why the whole world is your mirror. So if you change your belief, and this is why Jesus was so strong on believing, believe, believe, believe. Why? Because what you believe has to mirror back to you. So if you believe that everybody treats you uh, like a queen, like a king, everybody treats you um, with love, everybody loves to just, um, you know, I don't know, give you great compliments. They like to bring you snacks. Yes, please. Um, it has to mirror back to you because God said when his voice goes out, it doesn't come back void. Well, he also said the same to Samuel. Your word will not hit the ground. That's his promise. It kind of, it's kind of like what I, what I said before. I don't remember when, I think I've said it a couple times, but like, if I, if I am a girl, <laughs> which I am. We're not sure. 
<laughs> and if I think that I'm worthless, I think I'm dirty. I think I'm trash. I don't think that like I'm worth any good man loving me. I don't think like, you know, any good man would want to be with self image. It's going to be no surprise when I get into relationships with men that treat me that exact same way. Right. Oh. Because you, your beliefs affect you know, the reality that you, you live in. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, and then, cause I used to, I used to feel that way about myself and that, and I kept like, every time I would get into a relationship, like I would get with guys that treated me like that. And I was always like, and then my, my beliefs would be like, see, look, it's confirmed because they're treating me that way. And that it's more, it's further evidence that it's true. Right. Yeah. Cause our brains are, our brains, like they're they look they're, for it. They look for, they look for, it's what's called confirmation bias. They look for things to confirm what you already believe. Like I could have 20 people tell me that they think that I'm awesome and wonderful and valuable, but one person say like something rejecting. And I'm going to look at that one thing and be like, see, they said I'm rejected. Yeah. And that comes with my belief that I'm already rejected. And that, right? that is uh, your core belief. So if you want to look at a scripture for that, um, you one where it's like, it's not about flesh and blood. It's about the powers, principalities, yada, yada. Okay. Well, what is that? If you look at that from a thought perspective, a conscious perspective, um, we focus so much on the flesh. Oh my goodness. I said, but he's saying it's not about that. And so what are the powers and the principalities and the strongholds Our thoughts? So our, our core beliefs are like, uh strong strong towers right they're like they just it's like no matter what i do it doesn't seem to change because you have a core belief that needs to change it's at the base of everything so like for example recently i just kind of had a hissy fit with god and i was just like look i'm tired of not having snack money this is over this is done tell me what to do because i am so done with this and he said sure uh, and, and he told me a couple things, but one, which I thought was really cool is he said, your, one of your core beliefs is you don't think you're enough. He says, now look at every area of your life. There's not enough, is there? And I was like, wow, okay, well, we'll be changing that because I need snack money. I really like my snacks and I'm worthy of snacks. So, cause snack is pleasure and pleasure is the garden of Eden, which is God's heart. So, Hey, Oh, <laughs> And so like, even like uh, the other verse, what? Sorry. Oh, I, was just I thought you were pausing. Oh, so, well, the other verse is uh, the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. We like to demonize this and like Satan's a big bad, you know, no, let's look at it from consciousness. What kills, steals and destroys our beliefs. But if we align with God, what do we get? Life and life more abundantly. I was just going to say, sorry, um, you're talking about pleasure. Um, I feel like pleasure has a negative connotation in the church. Yes. You know, like, don't do all the things that are pleasurable because you'll get pregnant and die, you know? Like. Okay. But the church <laughs> is the most sour looking group of people out there. Why? Cause they don't know what pleasure right, is, but, but like everything. So when I was saying like the earth is a mirror of heaven, right? So a mirror, what is a mirror? It's backwards. So everything on earth is backwards. So if you think about pleasure, what's happened? It's now backwards, right? It's the hollow pleasures that we think about. But when you actually get to know God's heart, it's the most richest, fulfilling pleasures. And you could be, you could be playing 
I'm looking at Patrick here. You could be playing video games and you can actually have pleasure. Why? Because you know that they were designed for your good pleasure. God actually loves you. What? He loves when I kill monsters. Yes. Right? What are monsters? Our bad thoughts. um, That talks about how like Satan can't create anything. So, but a lot of people think that pleasure is the Satan is the devil's playground. Um, Like Satan can't produce a pleasure, right? All he can do is take pleasures that God made and twist them. So God made sex, right? Like God made that to be pleasurable. Yeah, he did. (laughs) He's twisted it. Yes, he did. Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. God made food to taste good, right? But like Satan's twisted it and, you know, created like eating disorders and binging and obesity, whatever. Um, And then what was the quote of C.S. Lewis? He said, like, the trick is to give the humans an ever increasing desire for ever diminishing pleasure. So like we have more and more cravings for desires that are twisted and that won't actually satisfy. So that's why we get like porn addictions and like eating disorders because we keep going to a pleasure that's not actually meant to fulfill you because it's not in its truest form. But like we get like more and more craving it. But not even even that, like if you think about let's say sex and porn uh because we all really enjoy that pleasure but um who said that so anyways um but if you think about that my parents used to say to me uh your imagination is the devil's playground well guess what happened all i could ever picture i'm a seer so all i could ever picture was porn and i didn't know why and i was just like i don't want to be like this and then one day god brings it to me and i'm like oh so then as soon as I came to peace with that and realized, no, this is, this is God's, this is God's playground. I now see totally different and I don't have those issues anymore. But, but like with sex, even um, God said, we are pure. So why is purity the dirtiest, dirtiest word out there? Why are we so shamed in our bodies? God, God made us and, and, and looked at us and said, this is very good. So why are we feeling anything else? Right. And so even purity has been tainted and twisted. So, yes. My favorite, okay, my favorite Bible ver- pair of Bible verses is when uh, in Song of Solomon, when he's talking about women and he says, your breasts are like pomegranates. Behold, I shall climb the tree and take hold of its fruit. It's the, it's God wrote that. That's yeah. the Holy Spirit. That's the Lord wrote that. I'm not even like, I didn't even write that. Yeah. <laughs> That's verbatim from the scriptures. But, but even you. look at the scriptures, the fact that the scriptures really are one of the most erotic books you'll ever read. I'm so why the is the church so sexually chat. suppressed? Why is the church so shamed in their bodies? Why? Because we are focused on the flesh and God made it very clear. It's not about your flesh about your well, heart posture sin, that's what we're going to keep doing like that's what i my whole life was i was so aware of like all the things that were, were wrong with me did this can't believe i did that can't believe i did this i'm the worst i'm the dirtiest I, like ugh, you know and just like trying to fix it like you're like focusing all of your brain power on what's wrong yes. and like so you you already convinced yourself that you're bad right yeah. and if you already convinced yourself you're bad how are you going to do things that are good because you don't believe that you are right and like that's what the whole point of the cross was was to restore us back to the to the garden of eden before we fell so that we are now back you know like our spirit is back to like a righteous state 
because that's what the, the blood of Jesus is about. It's not about us trying to be better. Like yes. staying sin conscious is never going to get you out of sin. It, it was never, that was never able to. That's why he had to come. Yeah. And we haven't been told the good news. We haven't been told that we are creators. We create our reality and we can choose life. Right. So it's like, um, because like, what are you doing in that cycle when you're thinking all those things you're creating? Why do you think that there's such a, a fight over our bodies? Like if you think about, so if we go to God being vibration, right? If, uh, where was I going to go with that? Good, good, whatever good. you're vibrating at, right? Because we're vibration, whatever God is. Um, if we can align with his vibration, what happens? We get delivered. No demons. Why? Because demons can't be there. They're low vibration. Right? So even in that, like, we are like, kind of worried about demons. And it's like, you don't have to be, they were defeated. You just decide they're under my feet, you change your frequency to align with God's frequency. And they literally cannot hold on to you. That's why Jesus said they have nothing to hook me with. In other words, I'm so aligned with God's heart, that they can't hook me. So why is there such a fight for our bodies? Why are they always trying to, you know, get us in that, in that low vibration is because then they can create from, from, from us. Cause they use our thoughts, right? You're dirty. What do you do? You start creating from there. Or if you can align with God, you're pure. You start creating from there. That's why it's so imperative to know your identity. Okay, so I want to, I've been thinking, that's why I've been so quiet. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> Confrontation. I want to talk about that because you mentioned that. Sure. We live in a world where not everybody's a Christian. Yes. And having confrontation with someone who is not in Jesus's love does not allow you, well, okay, you can still be raw and you can still be real, but it's not received and I personally don't walk away feeling better about it because I know they didn't get the message of whatever the confrontation was about. Yeah. So, okay. So there's a couple ways that I think with that. Um, one, I see everybody as the body. Jesus wasn't a Christian. That might be offensive as well, but hey, let's just jump in. Um, he wasn't a Christian, right? He, he looks at this earth as the body. What was actually being born again? I think that that's been turned into something a little crooked as well. Um, all it was is a renewing of your mind. Who am I? Who is God? Right? So I actually, and this has shifted my way that I deal with people now, because I look at them from God's perspective. This is my brother and sister. And so when you can look at them from that perspective and you, you treat them just like you would treat anybody in the church, 
um, you come at them from John 3.16, love, right? Because he said the world. He didn't say Christians, right? He said the world. So when with confrontation, um, I know you said you don't walk away feeling bad. I'm not saying to, what I'm just saying is sometimes if, um, the best way I can describe it is sometimes, say if I, I was talking to you and you said something and something came up from my spirit that I really felt was truth and I didn't speak that to you and I walk away, that might niggle me a little bit. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Sometimes you're like, oh man, I should have said that. And you know, we do that. Like, oh, okay, so this is what I'm talking about is when it comes up from the spirit and you know it's truth, you know it's your truth, you know it's God's truth. And the more aligned you get with God, the clearer that voice gets, right? Okay, so it's, that's what I'm talking about. Not necessarily every conversation or confrontation. It's just when you have that knowing that I should have said it, that's where you had the opportunity to stand in truth and speak truth and then also be their mirror. Because if we are creators and they brought you in to tell you a truth, or to tell them a truth, sorry, and you don't speak it, you could actually potentially be hurting them and not helping them by not saying anything. So like we've been taught, especially Canadians, I don't know about you guys, I think you guys are a little bit more feisty, but Canadians, it's like, we're so passive aggressive because we've been taught triggering people isn't healthy. Triggering people isn't nice. We don't start fights, we just swallow it and get cancer down the road, right? Like, because that's what happens if we don't let it out, right? Okay, so um, but if you can look at triggering, I don't even like that word anymore, but if you can look at it as speaking your truth and, and, and helping a friend, even if they get mad, it's okay. Because in that moment of them getting mad, if you're on firm foundation that you know it was truth and be very careful because it, this is why I'm saying it has to come up from the spirit, because if we're doing the good, bad, then we're in that tree. But if we know it's love, and, and we speak that, right? When they get mad and we're firm on that foundation, we can say, I'm really sorry that upset you, but could you tell me why it upset you? And they'll say, well, it, has, it, it upset me because blah, blah, blah. And usually, generally, we like to project back at the other person. Okay, so then we say, okay, well, why do you feel that way, right? And, and if you start asking questions, because we like to just throw punches, but if we actually start to ask questions in love, they'll actually end up uncovering a core belief. Yeah, very different. Yeah, yeah. And that feels more like love, right? Like you can feel that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have um, a difficult relationship with someone who is very, very, very close to me. Mm -hmm. And um, is not ready to hear the truth and um, it's kind of sad to watch yeah. this person repeat the same mistake over and over and over but receive the message and it's not about me being a scaredy cat and not you, you don't know. really strike me as that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but gently 
or and forcefully i've tried both um the message is not is not being received and okay so with that they might want the truth but they're a little blocked right okay so steph had that conversation with me a lot before i was just like wait a minute oh i have to come to peace with that and i have to love that part of myself right okay so um so having love and compassion there that they just might not be there uh the other thing that's very very powerful and very helpful is um i've started to treat everybody like i said like god's family already so the church likes to teach you, uh, and this was something I took up with God because I said, I don't actually like how this feels. It doesn't feel like love to me where they'll go out um, and scare everybody into heaven. You know, like you're a sinner, like, ah, oh, I am, I'm going to hell, right? I never felt like that was love. And so I said, God, if you want me going out there and converting people, I'm not interested. What's the truth? And so what I got back from that was say, so you, you see, because uh, this was one Jesus brought to me, it was a, a vision of a drug addict with a needle in his arm. And he said to me, as clear as a bell, this is my best friend. And that challenged a religion in me because I was just like, ew, right? Like, I'm a little embarrassed to say that, but right. And I was just like, I don't understand. And, and you can see the Pharisee thinking like, ew, uh, gross, right? And so uh, that, that bugged me for a while. But then I said, okay, well, how do I... How do I talk to people then? Like, I want to tell them about God. I want to share how good my life is. I want to share life and love, right? And so he said, treat them like they are a member of your family and they already know me because they do. They've just forgotten. So in that case, talk to them as if they've already accepted the truth. And it's fascinating to watch people when you switch that little, that little key. Yeah. Is that helpful? it is helpful yeah so jesus said like so he's talking uh, i think it's matthew 18 maybe where he says like if one of your if one of you is caught in a sin go and reveal you know go talk to him about it by yourself uh and if he doesn't listen to you take a brother and if he still if he doesn't listen to you after you know two or three people talk to him at the same time take it to the church so we're not and exactly it's not we're not in the same place culturally uh as jesus was but then he says after that uh, if you still won't receive it, treat him as a publican or a tax collector. Just like loved publicans and tax collectors. He like partied with them on the weekends. He like showed incredible love to them. So, yes. so the idea for a long time, I read that as like, cut them out forever. Never talk to them again, harden your heart and build walls and make them dead in your mind. Um, but I, I realized like Jesus loved everybody, even the people who, you know, who were publicans and tax 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 collectors so that's been challenging for me in stuff with roommates because like we've come i've come to i've got i went through the phase of like all right i'm talking to you and we're working things out we're all using powerful communication and then i got to kind of like i guess the advanced level of growth where i would talk to people and they'd be like nope i don't care i'm not going to do anything but you still live with me so i've had it's been a challenge to love people even when they're being butts and not changing um but still even in those situations we're, we're accountable to to love um, it sounds like you're past this point, Janet, but I usually use like a, a humility statement when I'm correcting someone exactly sometimes if I should be. So I'll just say like, I should, I might be out to lunch here. I could be wrong. Please forgive me if I'm wrong about this, but kind of coming in that with that attitude 
helps people, it disarms people, helps them to receive stuff a little bit more. Yeah, like I'm not here for a fight. I just would like to discuss something, if that's okay. Yeah, I, I actually um, have recently started um, a new narrative with them. And that is that essential part of communication that everybody talks about repeating back to them what they just said to you for confirmation. And that's kind of peeling away some of the, um, some of the onion. Do you, do you know why that's so effective? I, well, because, because they're saying to you what they want to say to themselves. Yeah. And, and so to see that, um, it took me a while to realize that 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 may be the only thing this person needs um, is is that when we talk. Um, yeah, just if you look at back, you know what I'm hearing. You know what I'm hearing them say to me. Yeah, right. It's it's just how can I have this conversation with love, right? And so, like, even if you think about the parable, and forgive me, I might mess it up a little bit, but the parable of where the guy sees this land and, you know, it's a treasure and he goes and he sells everything for this land and, you know, whatever. Um, I think that's actually a beautiful description of this is where it's like, um, it might cost me everything, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you the gold that I see within you. Because we get so buried under people's dirt, uh, shame, projections, uh, all of society's twistedness, like all this stuff where we've forgotten the treasure in us, right? So like, if you can talk to someone pulling that treasure out and knowing that it's so valuable that you will give up your opinions, you will give up your being right, which is the tree again, right? Like you will give it all up and humble yourselves and have a conversation of love because that gold within them is so precious. And, and if we understand that, it's imperative really that we bring that gold out of them because if one member of the family isn't well, it affects all of us. Oh yeah. Right. And like God even showed me during this whole thing. He said, did you ever notice that um, as people are in their homes, not distracted, they're starting to find themselves. He said, you've seen these reports of the world healing. You're seeing reports of the water clearing. There's all these positive things that are happening on the earth. He said, why do you think that is? And I was like, I don't know, right. You know. And so he said, because think about it, you, we were made from the earth. We are one with the earth. So as we heal, the earth heals. So if we think about that as other people, right, because we're, we're all made from the same flesh of my flesh, right? So it's like, we, when we understand that, it, and we understand that, like, if you're not healthy in your, in your thinking and how you think about yourself and God, if I can pull that out of you and show you how beautiful you are, it actually ends up helping creation it ends up helping us the body right we function better because all those people that don't know who they are and don't know who god is it's almost like gangrene to the body right yeah, yeah. i wanted to um touch on something janet and patrick were talking about with the communication thing um i did this workshop a couple weeks ago and it was really good um and like one of the things they had us practice was the 
I forget what they call it, but essentially it was like reflecting back to them what you hear them saying. Mm -hmm. So like um, we got in little small groups and we each took turns like sharing something that's like something we're struggling with, like a decision. Like I can't decide if I want to do this or this, like just kind of explaining like where your head's at. And then we all took turns after listening to the person explain, like reflecting back to them and saying, so what I hear you're saying is that you're struggling to not feel rejected or abandoned or whatever. And then that person can either be like, no, actually, that's not what I'm saying at all. Or they can be like, well, yes, that actually, that, that feels like it's accurate. Right. And like, so like when we did this exercise, like I was actually really surprised because like, (laughs) it was really funny because like, I would share like how, like, like, for example, like, uh, should I stay here in California and do second year at school or should I go home? Right. And I'm explaining like the pros and cons. And like, then the person said to me, like, so I'm hearing you say that and I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. Right. And then like realizing like people aren't always receiving what you think you're saying. Right. And then it was my turn. So I said, Oh, and I'm like, I for sure know what they're saying. And I'm like, so I said, I hear you saying this. And they're like, um, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. And I'm like, wow. It's like, we all kind of realized in the group, like how easy it is to like be on completely different wavelengths when someone's explaining something. And like, when you realize that, like, um what you're saying is being communicated differently like it's important that like the person instead of continuing to argue like I'm like if I'm saying a and the person's hearing b like instead of arguing a and b like just bring it back to like that's actually not what I'm saying and then how funny it is that we all think that we understand what the other person's saying but we actually don't right and so like that was just really um I think valuable, like the reflecting thing, like you said, because like, like I said before, like if I believe that no one likes me and that I'm rejectable and that like, you know, I have like this inner default of feeling like unsure about people and insecure, like I'm going to hear that come through more often from what people are saying, even if that's not what they're actually saying. So it's good to clarify, but like, are you saying this because I'm feeling this and then giving them a chance to be like, no, that's not what I'm saying. Or yes, it is what I'm saying. And that's like the thing that you were saying, like we hear back and reflect what's in, in us. So like, if I'm constantly feeling rejected all the time and I never actually clarify, be like, Hey, I'm feeling this this is what you're saying. And then they have a chance to rectify it. Uh, that's just a a mirror, like you were saying, Renee, like reflecting what's in our brain. And then that goes with that scripture about where God's like, stop running to man run to me. Why? Because that whole circle mirrored something back to you because they were mirroring it back from the vibration they're at. So you'll get a different opinion from every single one of them, right? Even though there might be nuggets of truth in it, it's only, they can only reflect back to you where they're at. So you'll get all these confusing. That's why when you go to ask advice from different people, it's always different, right? But when you go to God, it's always the same because it's truth. It is true about the advice thing. Like people are going to give advice out of the place that they're at. So like if I ask you for a relationship advice and Janet and Patrick and Gina and whoever else is here, like all going to be different. And it's like a reflection of where you are. Yeah. So if you think about it, uh, like why do people, you know, okay. So let's say like low vibration people. um, If you've ever noticed, they tend to stick together or high vibration people tend to stick together. Misery love company right because the vibration so if you've ever noticed they'll teach you if you want to uh, grow up and further yourself in uh, a lot of teachers talk about money okay so let's say you want to become uh, yes only good vibes so if you want to become uh, richer or rich because maybe you're just eating 
crackers for lunch all the time. But say, so what do you do? You go and you start hanging around people that are rich. Why? Because if you're actually willing to learn, willing being the operative word, they will bring you up to their vibration. Whereas if you've noticed, a lot of rich people won't hang around people in the dives because it, it muddies their water. It messes up their vibration. And so uh, I, I used to get offended actually at business people because I would want to ask some questions, genuinely want to ask some questions. And they would uh, very quickly end the conversation and leave. And I'm like, well, that's rude. But, they, but I think in their vibration, their knowing, they knew I had such a poverty mindset that they could talk to me for three hours and I wouldn't change. So why would they waste their time? It's valuable. Yeah, there's like some so so social psychologists people that say like to become like the top five people you spend the most time with yeah. and like why like the whole like <sighs> is like when you get into a relationship with someone and you're like oh well i'm gonna change them right and i mean i've done that i can't tell you how many times and it's there's this this illustration that we did like within a church group once where like someone standing on a chair and the other person standing on the floor. So one person is higher and above the other person. And that's like a metaphor for like, this person's doing better, like the, the Christians on the chair, right? And they want to help pull the other person up to their level, right? So the Christian on the chair is trying to pull up the person up onto the chair. And obviously it doesn't work. Like you can't drag someone up. Like they can step up with you if they want to, but they have to want it, right? And then now they said, okay, person on the floor, try dragging down the Christian and it takes like one yank and they're on the, off on the ground. So yeah. it's like, it's so much easier for you to get dragged down than it is for you to drag someone up where they don't want to go. Yeah. Um, that sounds like the easiest challenge I've ever heard in my life. What? <laughs> that sounds like the easiest challenge I've ever heard in my life. Why? As long as it wasn't a fat person, I could easily get them onto the chair. Okay, well, barring like super differences in physical strength, okay? I mean, if it's a bag of snacks, watch me. Patrick, I know you could like lift me up with like your pinky probably. Like. It's a if it's a girl with snacks, it's double motivation. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, get up on this chair with me, girl. It's about to be Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yes. I don't know why I'm talking like that. I have to go to the gym. I love you all. Renee, great job. Thank you. Um, I'll see you guys next Friday. All right. See you, Patrick. Um, oh, that, that makes me think of this too. Like what you're saying with the reflecting and if people, everyone's going to give you different advice, right? So like if I, like when I was doing the whole, like I haven't, I haven't really dated in a while, but like if I was doing the whole like dating someone and like, you know, you just see, you see so much potential in them. You like so many things about them and you just like, oh, well, there's just a few things and I can change them. Like not so much that I'm going to change them, but I'm going to love them. And then they're going to want to change. Like if I'm in that mindset and someone comes to me and they're like asking for a relationship advice, I'm probably going to advise them with the same like stuff I'm telling myself, like, oh yeah, like there's so much you can, there's so much in this that's worth it. You can just stick it out. You know, like, I'm sure it'll be fine rather than being like, no, like you can't help someone that doesn't want to be helped, right? Yes. Like, so, so do you know what that's called? What? The savior complex. Yes. Yeah. The savior complex. And like, I sure did that several times. They've already been saved. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, and, and I'm saying that because obviously I may have had to have learned that, but um, 
if you think about it though why are so many relationships every, girl, every girl's had to learn that at some point <laughs> yeah um, but why are relationships so, why are relationships so hard because that's a mirror you can't run away from mm. you ever notice that if you if you watch your partner that's why it's so annoying to you why are you so annoying because you're annoyed with yourself well I think there I feel like that's there's some truth to that that like the things that irritate you the most about someone else is usually because there's something of that in you so like um I don't know like for example like if if like I'm getting really irritated by this by my boyfriend because he's like super needy Mm -hmm. like or like certain things that we don't like about people usually it's because we have a problem with that like people that are super arrogant usually hate other people that are arrogant you know Mm -hmm. because like they want to be you know what I'm saying like it's hard yeah because it goes it goes back to what I was saying earlier with your mom, it goes back to the fact that when you look inside, you've deemed arrogance as bad. So you're punishing yourself there. You're punishing yourself there. And then you project it onto others. But if you actually just love that part of yourself and be like, you know what? God loves that. And I love that. You'll actually find that it dissolves. I mean like accepting yourself rather than shaming yourself. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. But, but in that loving, because it sounds like when I say that, it sounds like I'm excusing it. So like earlier, it sounded like I was excusing murder. I was excusing rape. I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying that there's no longer duality. So if you can love that in you, it dissolves. And we will actually see it dissolve on, on this world stage, which is why all this stuff is boiling up is it's because it's everything we've jammed down and suppressed that we don't want to deal with. So if, if you've had rape or or if you've uh, murdered someone or knew someone that was murdered and you haven't forgiven and you haven't been able to come to a place of love, what's happening on the world stage will trigger the snot out of you. And that's why uh, we're having this mask, no mask, you know, all that kind of stuff. But if I actually accept that, you know what, sometimes I don't come in authentic. Sometimes I wear masks and and I actually don't really like that I can't come in uh, authentic because I'm telling myself that there's something wrong with me. If I can sit down and love that part of me, guess what? Your mask doesn't bother me anymore because I had to learn that because it really triggered me a lot. And I think some of it had to do with rape and some of it had to do with that part of me. But when I could sit down and start to forgive myself, now I, I just don't care. So it's not so much about like just observing the bad things in the world, but like your reaction to them. Yeah. So and, like, and, and is kind of like Jesus, is there something in me hooking me? So if, if, if um, the trafficking right now, if it's really upsetting me, um, why? And you bring it back to yourself and you look and it's like, this happened in my past or, or maybe you were the perpetrator and you haven't forgiven yourself. Cause that's a tough one, right? Maybe you were the murderer and you haven't come to a place where you can love and accept yourself and know that God loves and accepts you, and the debt's been paid, then that's going to trigger you a lot. Yeah, there's, it's just all about things, the hooks. Two things that I'm thinking of um, is the triggering thing. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard Dan Moeller speak, amazing man, amazing preacher. He talks about how people like get irritated. People are like, oh, well, they're just pushing my buttons. You know, they they know how to push my buttons real good. It's like, well, then Dan Moeller's like, well, why do you have buttons to begin with? 
Exactly. Right. And he's like, Jesus didn't have buttons, right? He didn't allow people's dysfunction and their whatever to trigger him. Right. Like he didn't, he didn't allow other people's messed up, you know, traits steal his peace. Right. So like, if I'm getting super ticked off at this person because they said X, Y, Z to me, like, why am I allowing that to steal my peace? Right. Like they can, if they're saying that that's their problem. Right. But if they said to me, you know, they don't like me and they think I'm ugly and whatever. And I feel triggered. It's probably because like rejection in my life, but Jesus didn't have those feelings. Jesus didn't have a spirit of rejection. He didn't have, you know, like all these problems that we have. So like, he didn't, his peace was never stolen. He was never triggered to the point of getting super irritated with the person and hating the person. Right. So like, that's what I think like is the difference. It's not just like it's like what is triggering you in the world. Like if you notice that you're consistently, we talked about this last week, what consistently frustrates you. I think we're talking about this with Steven. Like if something is consistently frustrating you like over and over and over again, like that's probably an, ind- an indicator that there's something in you that needs to be healed. Like if I'm consistently irritated with a certain type of person, I'm like, okay, why is this triggering me? Like, why is this person's behavior so stealing my peace? You know, cause it shouldn't, I shouldn't, allow someone to you know anyways well, I just it, goes, really- it, it goes back to okay if we look at cycles right okay so that's a cycle right if you look at a cycle that keeps happening to you over and over and over again well who's the common denominator you are so when god showed me that verse about you lo- the what we're supposed to walk in now is love god yourself and others he said who's the common denominator and i was like wow so it's like if you're not loving yourself it'll affect the other two if you're not loving god it'll affect the other two if you're not loving others it'll affect the other two so it's the same as cycles right it's he's showing that cycle you want a cycle of love be the cycle of love because you are love that is your identity that's interesting okay and so number two Bring it on. Bring it on, Mama. So how can Jesus not be a Christian when he is the central figure of Christianity? How? Okay. How, how does that work? Um, so I just like to throw that in there. But if you look back at like... Um, who he was talking to we've talked about that before right like they didn't they weren't christians that that's not how they identified that was a new thing that came forward right um so this is something that god showed me recently that actually kind of offended me a little bit so i don't know it might offend others but um he said like essentially we as he is so are you so he said so you you are christ and i was like well, that doesn't sound great. And so then he was like, go look up the word. And so Christ actually means anointed one. And I'm like, oh, I am anointed. I knew I was anointed. He's like, hmm. Right. So if, even if you think about that, like, why are we crying in our Cheerios? Like we're so, we're so powerful. Um, but anyway, so I like to say that he wasn't Christian because back in those days, there wasn't such a thing. That was a new making. I don't even know when that came in to be. Um, I'd have to look it up, but that's why I say like, and so 
because Christians are like, I feel like sometimes it's like a boys club a little bit. Like if you don't fit into this cookie cutter, uh, we'll reject you. And, and you find that in the church a lot, right? And so that's why like, I really was like with God, like this doesn't feel like love to me. And I've seen, I, I and myself have been hurt by the church, right? So it's like, I don't want to be that person. And so that's where he was like, um, get out of the club and start treating people like my best friends. Start treating people like they're your brothers and sisters regardless. Start talking to them like they know the truth because they all know the truth. They've just forgotten. Because each one of us has that spark of Jesus in us. That's why he came. We're all made after him. We're all in his image. And so um, this one lady that I really like, she's amazing. Um, but this lady has like the biggest kahunas out there. Like, I just, I'm like, wow. Like what she must have had to have walked to become who she is just like, huh? The kahuna. Kahunas. Um, so <laughs> I didn't come here to be politically correct. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> um, but she says that inside of, um, everybody has twisted truths, but inside of everybody, there's a righteous real. And she said, to get to the righteous real, she said, the key is love. So you have to get out from underneath the tree of good and evil and use love because love literally changes everything. And so she, for example, she deals with headhunters, she, or not headhunters, maybe that's what they're called and cannibals and like, like people that offend our minds in the West. Right. And mm -hmm. she has seen amazing miracles from just treating them like they already know the truth and speaking truth. And um, so that that's really why I say what I say. It is to offend a little bit where it's like, we're not a boys club, we're all family. Jesus wasn't, um, he, you didn't have to pay to get into Jesus's club, yeah. Yeah, okay. Anybody else got questions? I broke everybody's brain. I think Jorge has a question. Yeah, go for it. I just want, I just want to say I was driving from work and uh, we can't we can't hear you. You're just very quiet. Waiting. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I was just saying I was driving from work. That's why it was so dark in here. You couldn't see anything. We can see you. We can hear you. Okay. I'm I'm in a parking spot now, so I'm good. I wouldn't have judged you. There's no right or wrong. Nice. Only life and love. <laughs> yes. I was gonna say I can relate. You said the uh, Americans are pretty feisty. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm like my mom's side's from Mexico, and um, so I can relate to that. So you're extra spicy is what you're saying. I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we're like more reasonable, I guess. At least, maybe. I don't know. But. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it doesn't really matter where we're from, right? There's always that base of love. We just have to keep coming back to it. Yes. I think... Uh... Another way of looking at the duality is is the word polarization. Like the American society is very polarized right now. 
um, you know, left, right, Republican, Democrat, masks, no masks, vaccines, anti-vaxxers. Like, it's just like so like, like du so much duality or so much polarization. Um, yep. Yeah, and it's it comes from fear, fear of not understand, like you don't, we fear what we don't understand a lot. And it's also fear of exposure because we're all behind our fig yeah. leaves. Yes. Fig leaves. Yeah. yeah. So do you want yeah, to hear, like do, you, do you want me guys, are you guys like, are your brains broke or do you want me to drop another bomb? My mask is green like a fig, fig leaf, I guess. There you go. Ta-da. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Renee. Okay, so another duality that's big in, in society is, uh, I'm, I'm really stepping out there right now, uh, is man and woman, right? Okay, so I'm watching this guy right now that's doing a teaching on how the she, the divine she was taken out of the Bible and how the Holy Spirit in original text is actually the divine feminine, lady wisdom, right? So, because we always see father, son, father, son, father, son, and then women in all the teachings were like hookers and whores. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> right? If God said it was very good, what, what, right? But if you actually look at the original teachings, they actually referred to the Holy Spirit as a she. And so we wonder why men and women, what? The comforter. Right. And, and, and the mother hen and right. Like, okay. So uh, if we look at that, and we wonder why our male and female is unbalanced. It's even unbalanced within ourselves. Like a lot of women uh, feel more masculine than feminine because it's not safe to be feminine because we've been told it's bad, right? Or it's, or we're hookers. I don't know. I don't know what happens there, but, but like if you actually see the Godhead as father, mother, son, because he said, I will be reflected in creation. So why, where's the mother? right? Like, it's like, where'd she go? Right. And so it's actually, if we look at the original text, it's actually father, father, mother, son. And so if you think about it too, it's like, God is the word and his word is seed. Well, Holy spirit is creative, the womb. And when they, when the word hits womb creation, the son. And so if you've ever noticed in meetings and gatherings, um, when the spirit starts to hover, and then the word comes in, what happens? Transformation, birthing, right? That's what's happening. I think it's beautiful. And I've actually already healed as a woman because the other day I said to the Holy Spirit, I said, I, I was a little choked and I was just like, so I've been deceived on that too, I guess. So like reveal yourself, right? Like, cause I always pictured this Jewish guy cause that's what I was told the picture. So I was just like, oh, okay, right? And so I woke up the other morning and, and for the women in this group, I really hope that this brings some, some healing is, um, I don't know if you guys notice this about yourselves, but like, I can see elements in me. Like I'm very much fire, but I'm very much water. So I can be very like feisty, but then I can be very calm, cool and collected, but both of them can destroy you if you really want, right? So like, I, that's how I think of myself, but other people will maybe relate to other things like earth and wind and right. Okay, so she come to me the other morning and she said, um, uh, you, you relate to fire and water, right? And I said, 
yeah and then she was like okay she says well i'm an all-consuming fire and i am a fountain of living water and you were made in my image and i cried because i was like that i have never seen myself and i might even cry now i've never seen myself that beautiful and not only that it was sensual it was it was like even our sexuality like it was sexual and I know that might sound offensive to people but like God created it so he said it was very good so like but it totally changed my image of myself where I was just like wow but it's been that missing piece because we haven't been taught and like women are just taught like we're second class and uh we're not so I I hope that that helps with the women in the group because I I really thought that was we read the shack. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. That wrecked me. Good. They me even portray the Holy Spirit as a female, like the Sarayu, Sarayu. Yeah. Um, and well, if you have I read first read that, it heart, offended me. Yeah. When you, if y'all haven't read Wild at Heart, you need to, because it talks about how like male and female, and it talks about how like whenever women are put down or whenever like feminine traits are viewed as weaker, that you're insulting the heart of God because God is a nurturer. God is, you know, he wants to be pursued. He wants us I have to pursue that like this, a lot of the, huh? I have that book. It's, I've read it like seven times. It's so amazing. Cause I definitely I felt that as well. I definitely. I actually have not read it yet. My stepdad gave it to me many years ago and I, I still need to read it. I guess. Oh, now is the time. The divine calling. But I definitely felt that way. I definitely felt like uh, women just weren't as good. Like, you know, all the presidents have been male. All over the world, women are sex trafficked. They're second class citizens. Women didn't even get the right to vote until after African-Americans. It was the 1920s. You know, uh, like... They're, they were viewed as property as subclass citizens like and so I always felt well, like everyone says like oh you do it like a we're looked down on yeah and people say you do something like a girl it's an insult right so like I had a hard time and that's why I felt like I always had to like show up all the boys in sports and be like well if I can be just as good as a boy then I can prove that I'm just as valuable um so like that really mm-hmm. like wrecks me a lot when I realized like when you put down feminine qualities you're actually putting down God's heart and a big portion yes. of who God is yeah and, and if I was you actually wanna... learning today Sorry, what? <laughs> no, I was just saying, I was learning today in school that like the Holy Spirit is actually the mothering role. We have the father, the Jesus, but like the Holy Spirit is the mothering role. That's why she's like, they, why they call her like the comforter, um, the nurturer, the one that intercedes on your behalf, you know, like like mothers are like the ones that like, you know, really protecting of their children. Yeah. And so like, um, even if you really think cool about like, uh, shekinah like that sounds pretty feminine or or like they refer to the spirit as a dove well i'm not gonna go up to steven and be like wow steven you're looking like a dove today he's like uh no i look like a bull thanks like right like because guys are like right like what (laughs) like yeah so um and and i think like i've never been able to read um are you are you shekining? I I missed it. What's the dove? Doing the bird. The I missed it. Uh, oh, so beautiful. Uh, but like I've never been able to read 
the book Song of Solomon. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. I, and, and he recently showed me it's because you are scared of intimacy. But then now that I'm figuring out like that the Godhead actually represents the mother and father, he said, I want you to read that again. And it might be a little bit more uncomfortable as, I, as he puts it in this term. But he said, I want you to read it as my heart for my spirit. And then you think about yourself as a woman after. And I was just like, wow. Yeah, it's, um, it's really funny um, being of the Catholic religion and we know, you know, how they feel about women, but I've never, <laughs> I've never felt that way. Like, I don't know where early on in my learning that I always felt like the Holy Spirit was a woman, was feminine, woman of some sort. Um, I feel like Catholics... Even in this Catholic church where, you know, they just, you know, I, women aren't in good role, you know, high roles, but. Yeah. I actually respect the Catholics, uh, which is funny because like I was actually brought up, you don't touch a Catholic with a 10 foot pole. Like, but I actually grew up really respecting them because you guys, I think have like this blessing of the supernatural because if you look back in your guys's history, there's a lot of supernatural that got snipped off, right? And some of those stories are just phenomenal. And so like, I wouldn't be surprised if you're tapped in more on the supernatural side, because I feel like a lot of Catholics are way more open to that. So like, I, I'm not really surprised that you picked that up. Yeah. 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 And like I said, I'm not quite sure exactly where that happened or when that happened, but yeah. that was not that's how I've always felt about the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Yeah, my mother's side family was raised Catholic. They're all, yeah, they're all. Yeah. My mom, my mom uh, learned about more about the reading the Bible from a neighbor when she was a child. Uh, she would give her studies in Mexico. So. Yeah, that's that was always something. Well. My story is kind of, and, and these girls know it already, but um, I was actually baptized Presbyterian. That's what my parents were. And um, I spent a lot of time at my aunt's homes with my cousins on the weekends. So the weekends that I was at their house, I went to the Catholic church on Sundays. And when I was home, I went to the Presbyterian church right across the street from the Catholic church. Um, so I was comfortable in both, but my husband was Catholic and I converted. Um, so I was always very, very comfortable with it, but I couldn't believe when my husband told me he had never read the Bible. I was like, what are you talking? Well, what do you, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, what do you do with your time? And he was like, oh, no, only the the priest can tell us what the Bible means. And I was like, yeah. yeah. Jen, yeah. Jen, when I first met Jen, she was like, um, yeah, you read the Bible. Like, she was the supernatural side of us. And I was like, okay, but now we've kind of flipped. And uh, so it's been really actually fun to walk that with her, to have that um like watching us both grow on both sides of that 
Yeah. 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 Uh, we found it kind of strange that uh, um, people converting from Protestantism, Protestantism to Catholicism. We, we never heard of that till like um, later on in life, I guess. Well, when you think about that history between the two churches, I could yeah. see why it would be a little weird. Yeah. 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 You, you don't go back to where like, you know, kind of. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah and and I, I was a 70s girl. So we were just the beginning of, you know, being allowed to question things. And I would say things like, well, that's one man's opinion. And then my mother-in-law almost had a heart attack. She was like, it's the priest's opinion. And I'm like, okay, he still was a man who walked among us. I mean, I understand he had a calling, but he's one man, one opinion. It might mean something else. Yeah, the veil was torn. <laughs> and in our family, it was me who was doing it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so any more questions? Because I might take off. No, but this you're, you're this muted. Was very good. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any feedback? Any any questions still? Oh, I said you're gonna take off what? Ooh, pleasure. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I'm gonna take off. I'm like, ooh, take off what? <laughs> da, 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 da. Okay, so yeah. Any questions? No, concerns? Uh, the the Bacon brothers, Kevin Bacon, and his brother have a have a band. I don't know if any of you know that or not, but um, I listen to them religiously and. A cup, I can't remember what all the lines are in the song, but one song, one of you, Renee, he says, hookers and blows, uh, hooker, hookers and hoes, something and blow. And I'm like, I'm at a hookers and hoes line, and, I, and you pop in my head. Hoots and hoes, <laughs> yo. I just love you, Janet. Seriously, you get me. I love the accent. <laughs> oh man that's the best yeah I feel like I just I'm so I'm so over being politically correct because I feel like you get much further just speaking what you think yeah and uh, I'm getting to that age where you know they go you know don't worry about her she just says whatever she wants <laughs> right you just dress really <laughs> weird it's kind of fun now yeah you just dress yeah, really weird and, and foam at the mouth. <laughs> I love it. Get so excited in the in the chat when somebody refers to something and I'm like, oh, I know what they're talking about. <laughs> I'm hip, yo. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Well, Gracie, I am just so thankful that you gave me the honor to do this today and uh i hope i didn't um, break your guys's brains too much and um i just i have been so broken that i'm never gonna allow you to speak ever again. 
<laughs> um, but this is why I'm so shiny and smiley, because the more you get to know God's heart, the more beautiful life is. So. Yep. Hey, if anybody else wants to ever share anything, like it doesn't have to be like the way I do it. It can be however you want to do it. It can be your style, your way. I want people to feel more comfortable.